gentlemen seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's the other guy on the other podcast john hoke here and live and direct by telephone instead of the what you're supposed to be using it we'll talk about that in a minute hi how you doing in down in valdosta oh i'm good i'm good it's a beautiful evening a little too warm but it's pretty well it's south georgia you know? yeah, it's well, south georgia yeah south beautiful valdosta yep yeah Stacy, by the way blogs at the other mccain.com and other fine spots around the interwebs and you can find my good friend john hoag's blogging at hogwash.com and you can find the dog in, ginger. The room, in the living room just right around the corner yeah. from us ginger but somebody's coming in. yeah that's my daughter reagan just walked in the door and so ginger has to bark at her <laughs> why does ginger have to bark at her just for attention she barks at everyone it's 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 it's, it's her, a dog thing i know it's a dog thing uh uh, but yes, you. Although uh, I keep threatening to bring my kitty corrector to deal with this. Yeah. By the, <laughs> by, uh, by the way, it's, it looks like the Valdosta crime wave has uh, settled down this week. No real big crime news out of the bustling South Georgia hub mm -hmm. of Valdosta. However, Football season is uh, rapidly approaching. And it says right here on the. Uh, outline on football. the agenda yeah football let stacy rant yes and uh uh thursday night uh the eagles and the uh Cle the philadelphia eagles and the cleveland browns uh battled to a 18 to 18 tie uh, which is, I mean, but you think about, sometimes you don't think about the cities. You think about the teams and you don't think about the cities. But boy, between Cleveland and Philadelphia, those are a couple of rancid uh, uh, municipalities there. Well, actually, Cleveland is somewhat better than it was 50 years ago. I remember being there and, and seeing the river catch on fire yeah. by spontaneous combustion. Yeah. They have to that, that up a bit. Jerry Springer was the mayor. Time, as I recall, but yeah, uh, but the thing is, is I, and I have to emphasize this when talking about NFL preseason uh, preseason games is they don't matter. Uh, that, that nobody played it, it. The starters on the starting quarterbacks uh, for both the Eagles uh, 
that would be Jalen Hurts and the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. Both of them weren't even dressed out for the game. So it was mm-hmm. all the backups. And and you understand there's a 90-player roster during uh, uh, summer, during the uh, training camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the end of the month, that that is uh, cut down to – uh, 53. So a lot of what goes on in these preseason games is that the coaches are trying to look at the uh, backups to figure out which 37 players are going to be cut from the roster in other and, meaningless... And, and, there, and there's no minor league to send them back to. Right. Well, uh, some of them will get picked up by the practice squads, okay? Yeah, So, that's so true. there's that. But uh, in other... Utterly meaningless uh, preseason games. <laughs> On Friday, uh, the Giants, uh, New York Giants, defeated the Carolina Panthers 21 to 19. The Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Atlanta Falcons uh, went to a, a 13 to 13 tie. They don't even play overtime, right? When it goes mm-hmm. to a tie in the preseason, it's just because it does not matter. Uh, Earlier today, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars stomped all over the Detroit Lions uh, 25-7, while the uh, Miami Dolphins walloped the uh, Houston Texans uh, 28-3. So that that, uh, bodes well for... um, Miami, even though I know I just said these games don't matter because last week uh, the Houston Texans and the um, um, the Houston Texans beat the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins are in the same conference. So the ease with which the Dolphins beat the Texans, uh, that bodes ill for the uh, Patriots this year. Uh, uh-huh. In other action, uh, right now, currently, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers lead um, the uh, Buffalo Bills 14 to nothing, and I can't believe it. But Buffalo Bills starting quarterback Josh Allen actually played in this game. Uh, so, so that was – I'm sure that he's out of there by now. But uh, anyways, but uh, later tonight I will be going with my brother – uh, to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the <laughs> Patriots play the Packers in their preseason matchup from Lambeau Field. And there are other games this evening, but we don't care. Uh, so, so if there are fans of <laughs> There's these, some of us who don't even care about that game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. But you have to, you have to care. You have to, you have to see, this is the thing about football is you have to pick a team. No, I don't. Yeah, well, I, no, I you've went got to, Vanderbilt. I, yeah, it's not. It, no wonder you're not a football <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, speaking of basketball schools, and baseball, maybe, but not football. Speaking mm. of academia. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, Stacy, I have to tell you that <laughs> physics is sexist. And that's with X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X. five X's, just there like are five X's and sexist. sexist. Just, okay. just, just like there are five A's and racist. So anyway. that they can manage to hiss it. Yes. But anyway, the College Fix had a uh, post up this week that was headlined, 
Feds paid $300,000 to study why white male <laughs> physicists don't fight racism, sexism in STEM. Okay. Uh, what is STEM? Okay. Science, uh, technology, uh, engineering, engineering, and math. And math. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, uh, and I'm I'm from the east uh, wing of that. But why? Any? It, it, let me give you some quotes from uh, uh, from the paper. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, or, or, or from the uh, College Fix article, some of which are direct quotes from the paper paper. White cis male physicists with mm. quote, good intentions aren't doing enough to fight racism and sexism uh, from which they benefit, argued two education <sighs> researchers in a recently published article in the International Journal of STEM Education. And then yeah, skipping yeah. to another down the thing, according to their article, the primary means by which these white male physicists illustrate their inaction include and there's a colon there, asserting that inequity is something physically distant from them, blaming inequity on larger societal or cultural factors over which they have no control, such as K-12 education system or women choosing motherhood over physics, and appealing to their own discomfort or inadequacy in directly addressing racism and sexism. And then it, at the, toward the end of the thing, it says, quote, Ending racism requires white people to change. Ending sexism requires men to change, unquote, the authors wrote. Quote, the progressive white yeah. men we interviewed are essential to change. And I'm just here to tell you that uh, I put a politer word in my post, but mm -hmm. the engineering technical term for that is bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, Pretty much, I mean, yeah. What do you think about it? There, there are fields where men are just discriminated against okay and so let me do a little bit uh, a step outside my engineering field uh, in, in, <laughs> into uh psychometrics but i actually know something about that um uh that's a long story about how i wound up knowing it but and we'll skip over it but men as a whole and women as a whole have the same average intelligence if mm -hmm. we take like a thousand random men out of the population and thousand random women we give them a valid IQ test, the average scores are going to be absolutely identical and we'll normalize them to 100, and that's an IQ of 100. Uh -huh. Okay? But one of the things that we'll see that's kind of interesting, and this happens every time, is that men have a greater range of variability. Uh -huh. And what that means is, for example, take an IQ of 70. Typically, you'll have almost 3% of the men below 70, but not quite 2% of the women. Okay. And so that says, you know, the, the, the people who are disadvantaged like that by having low intelligence are more likely to be men. Um, but it also, uh, the same effect goes in on the top end. If you look at the graduate record exam, which is essentially an IQ test given to people who are, who we already know have high IQs, people who are applying to graduate school. Um, and if you take those scores and look at at them, the GRE, the people who get the highest scores, are physics majors and astron mm -hmm. physics and astronomy majors, and their normalized score is a hundred and thirty nine. Okay, and whatever that means, just let me tell you that it, what it means is that if the variability between women, men and women applies there like it would to the general population um 
only about one in 52 women would score that high, but one in mm -hmm. 38 men would. So that says um, that you ought to have a male to female ratio based, if IQ is the driver, of seven to one. I mean, I'm sorry, of about two to one, uh, uh, you know, about twice as many men as women with at that IQ. But it's seven to one in physics of the, of the number of people who take in the GRE. So that looks like the women are being discriminated against. But you go to the other end of the GRE scale to the lowest thing, which is early childhood education majors. Uh, mm -hmm. Their normalized sco score is 68, which is just about the same distance below uh, average as the physicists are above. And you have the reverse thing about there should be more uh, men scoring down the, their, uh, than women, but the ratio is, uh, is over 30 to 1 of, if, of females uh, taking the test, uh, female people going into early childhood education. So here, I mean, you know, if, if it's, this is obvious, you know, if it's, it should be two, roughly two to one and it's 30 to one. So clearly men are being discriminated against in early childhood education. It may be, and women in physics and astronomy, or maybe what's happening is when people are free to choose, they choose things that the way human beings are designed to work, the way we're created, the way we're evolved, that people tend to, just for the survival of the species, select roles that maybe the people who did the survey, uh, the this, this study we're talking about, would think are, are gender stereotyped, but... Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's just people acting normally, naturally, the way uh, that men and women are different from each other. And if you do the real world experiment, which has been done in the Nordic countries where they have done everything they can to uh, give people the, the, the ability to choose careers, things are even more lopsided in Sweden and Norway or Denmark than they are in the United States in terms of stereotype typing the, the where people go there there uh there are a greater percentage of engineers in sweden than in the u.s in the male female ratio and it's the you know the opposite in, in nursing they're more you know people tend swedish women uh norwegian women tend to want to be nurses instead of engineers um so it looks like what happened is we wasted $300,000 of the taxpayer money because that data has been in the literature for almost a decade mm -hmm. now. Wait a minute. Wasting taxpayer money? Are you kidding me? I'm shocked. Shocked that the shocked. federal government is wasting money Stacey, on, on useless research. Well, Stacy, it's a grift. Yeah. Drunken fish, for instance. But, 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 okay, but I mean, who's doing this kind of research? Basically, they're sociologists. And I just got one more fact to throw out. While the standard, standard score for all GRE takers, which, you know, folks going to graduate school, is 100 by definition of what standard score means, the standard score for sociology majors taking the GRE is 88. Mm -hmm. So we'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, hey. back in my career... And back at uh, a story, uh, Dateline, my hometown from the mm -hmm. Babylon Bee. Uh, the new, uh, our new paper of record, yes. Yes. It, it, it is headlined, Country Music Industry Confused by Man Actually from Country Making Actual Music. 
<laughs> Which just about seems to be the reaction. Or they're they're stumped. They're nonplussed. How did this happen? Uh, you know. Uh, well, actually, this this years... isn't this isn't that far off because uh, I saw this trend when I was in the music and uh, mm. music business in Nashville. Now I've been away from there professionally for forty years, but I saw this trend coming. Mm-hmm. I, I saw how you know it it. it it wasn't Roy Acuff and, and Dolly Parton anymore. Mm. It was, it was com- becoming something else. Mm. Yeah, about 15 years ago, um, you, know, I, you know, I would, when I was commuting, I'd occasionally tune in some of the country, and it was... It, it was, was horrible. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was certainly better than it is now, I'll put it mm. to you this way. That, but a lot of it could have just easily been played on a top 40 station. Uh, some of it, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, and so the rich men north of Richmond uh, mm. phenomenon uh, yep. has seized control of the <laughs> internet commentariat uh, the past week, and I and I like how of, dare he or something. <laughs> right, right, right. And I kind of, I you know, and I kind of like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I get it. Okay. The you know what I think the coolest thing about the whole thing is. He plays a dobro. I like dobros. Yeah, but he's not laying it across his knee, and he's got it capoed to the something like the fifth fret. So yeah. Yeah, well, it, a, it, get, it get plays that. That's the way you play in a bluegrass band. Yeah. It's a Gretsch dobro, by yes. the way, and the the, the Gretsch brand uh, used to be uh, based in Brunswick, Georgia, mm. uh, back in the day. It was it's an interesting history of the Gretsch. Co- uh, mm-hmm. a Gretsch guitar brand because, uh, you know, um, George Harrison played a Gretsch. Do you know why? Because Chet Atkins, Atkins played, played a, Gretsch a, Gretsch. Country, a Gretsch country gentleman. Yeah. The Gretsch mm-hmm. country gentleman was the, uh, and so, so if you, if you, you know, there's, there's a legacy to Gretsch guitars. I've got an even better, uh, trivia one for you after we get to the end of this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I've been reading the commentary, and so finally, uh, uh, yesterday, I decided that I would actually watch the YouTube video and see for myself what this was all about. It is very simple, okay? This is just a guy playing a dobro and hollering out, and and his... uh, his voice, the best way to characterize it, I think, is muscular. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and this guy's got a, a, tremendous, a tremendously bushy red beard. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and the, the lyrics are about uh, what the world's gotten to and how it feels to be living in the new world with an old soul, to which... I can totally relate because mm-hmm. it's I I have uh, uh, been an um, uh, an opinionated old cuss since I was a kid, <laughs> uh, so, but um, but my philosophy is never let them see you sweat. And uh, I my four sons have each had their share of struggles, but you won't find them complaining about it because that's not who we are. Victory requires no apology. Be a winner and make it look easy, leaving others so mystified by your success as to make them envious. They weren't even awake when you were burning the midnight oil. 
nor have they heard of your many failures because you didn't complain about them. And mm -hmm. so they're like Ferris Bueller's, Bueller's sister. What makes him so goddamn special? Why does he get to ditch when everyone else has to go? <laughs> and so that's... that's uh, Bueller? 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, I write for the same publication as Ben Stein. So I, I, you know, I write for... As, the, you know, uh, if only he would stick to writing about dogs, because he writes very, very well about dogs. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's, he is uh, idiosyncratic as a writer is the best way to put it. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, he used but, to be the reason I subscribed to the print magazine. Yeah, but even now, you've even got white people, uh, you know, who've de developed this idea that we're all competing in the oppression Olympics. So they want yeah, to right. tell you about their mental health struggles and their, their <sighs> you know, their disadvantage and blah 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 blah. And this is why you end up with Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas, <laughs> as we call her. Uh, inventing a fictitious Native American biography to justify her tenure at Harvard. Well, <laughs> I've got two words about that, which I will spare you. Um, mm. uh, but the uh, first spoken one, like a true Yaley. Yeah, the first one is a uh, the first one is an, an uh, old Germanic verb. And the second one is Harvard, so you can figure out how that goes. When I first heard that the singer of Rich Men North of Richmond um, uh, was from Farmville, Virginia, my eyes lit up in recognition. The town mm -hmm. is about two-thirds of the way from Petersburg to Appomattox, and it was 10 miles east of Farmville at the Battle of Sailor's Creek that Grant army pounced on two corps of Lee's army with nearly 8,000 Confederates killed, wounded, or captured in a single stroke just three days uh, before the final surrender. Well, so I mean, you're writing it by Appomattox Courthouse there. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. It, 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 um, the thing was that the south side um, train line out, out of Petersburg mm -hmm. um, to Danville um, uh, was at, um, there was a stop, uh, there was a, a depot, and that's where Lee was going to feed his army at Farmville. And as part of his army was catching up, uh, they got, um, uh, they got caught out in the open by, mm -hmm. um, a, an entire, uh, they were just outnumbered and cut off and it was, it was a terrible mess. And, uh, watching, uh, watching the, um, uh, watching the battle from afar, uh, Lee said, "Well, there goes that half of our army." You know, and it, it so so that was you know right before the surrender at Appomattox, and uh, and uh, so as a con descendant of Confederate soldiers, the 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 great challenge is uh, to think of what duty requires in a world that has no sense of what duty even means. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so anyways, but I, I have to be amused by, um, uh, Anthony, Ol Oliver Anthony is what name he goes by. His actual name is Lunsford. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, the, um, the, you know, just soaring to the top 
of the of the pop music world. It's it's believed mm-hmm. that he will be number one on the Billboard charts next week. That's how quick uh, this thing has taken off. But mm-hmm. twenty million uh, YouTube views. Uh, all the download sites are he's he's number one all over. And you've got to think about those. Uh, sociology majors. Right? <laughs> Here is this guy who dropped out of high school, got a GED, working blue collar jobs. Doesn't owe a hundred thousand dollars for a gender studies degree. Right, right, no. right. No, and he you- actually owes about sixty thousand for something he can actually live on. Yeah, yeah. He bought himself a piece of land a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 part of the attack, the left had to find this guy is not authentic, right? Of course so, not. He can't be. And so, how is it that he owns this land uh, uh, over there near Petersburg, in the direction of Petersburg? He's, he said. He said on Facebook. Said in 2019, I paid 97,500 for the property and still owe about 600. Uh, sixty thousand. Yeah, sixty thousand on it, and he's living in a twenty-seven foot camper with a tarp on the roof <laughs> that I got off of Craigslist for seven hundred fifty dollars. Now, here's anyway. my only question for him, and it is it is a question: Doesn't he worry about tornadoes taking dead aim at him? <laughs> well, well, he's it's a camper, not a trailer. Yeah, well, well, he is sufficiently uh, he is he is sufficiently self sufficient. Okay, he's he's you know he doesn't need anybody's money. By the way, the this, you laugh, but the last tornado we had in Carroll County went through a trailer park. Of yeah. course, it did. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways, but um, uh, Lunsford is living. Um, uh, he he's got a, a, enough money in his pocket that when the mm-hmm. uh, record companies came to him and they he said they offered him eight million dollars oh boy and he turned it down because he said i don't need that life i don't need to be touring all over in the bus and the plane and well all not that. only that he uh he's basically selling the rest of his life for the eight million because that's an advance against royalties and mm-hmm. uh, by people and th- the royalties will be determined by people who do the accounting not him <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah so sensible uh, man and, so- and, and and no he gets the eight million dollars and then he owes it all back until he's worked it off. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you can read it's the It's a scam. Post. I've been in the music business. Yeah. yeah. You can read the post on uh, uh, my blog, The Other McCain, and you will see that I signed it off with a quote from a great American. <laughs> <clears throat> Thought criminals are everywhere. Yeah. Well, anyway, and that's the rich uh, well, men north of Richmond, but well, further it, it, north. But but you know what? No, you talked about Stonewall Jackson, who uh, was an important part of our history. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, he t- uh, his book ah. ends uh, about uh, uh, how to win. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other hand, as uh, as far as being north of Richmond, Chancellorville is north of Richmond, and it was quite dangerous for. Mr. Jackson. They beat the hell out of Hooker, though. Mm-hmm. Utterly embarrassed them. Yeah, well, made a flank march completely yeah. around the army, army, and uh, he had divided the, them and yes, was attacking but, them from the rear. But the two, mm-hmm. the two most decisive battles of the Civil War 
Okay, the second one was Nashville because it ended the ability. And who was the, uh, who is the Union General? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. okay, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, 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 you were talking. We were talking about trivia, and I've got one for you. What company, more than any other this year, do you think has screwed up the entertainment industry? Oh, that would be Disney. That would be Disney. Disney. There couldn't be any other candidate. Which which one of their uh, really great animated uh, features are they about to mess up next? The one that began it all, Snow White. And what was the second one? Bambi. That's a really, yeah. Bambi. Okay. Here, but now Bambi is written uh, based on a a, a, uh, German book. Which but, is a, 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 a basically a coming of age story. Who wrote the English? Who did the English translation of Bambi? Whitaker Chambers. Right. Oh wow! Now that just shows you. I keep how trying they, to tell people this. This, this, is, this just shows you how everything <laughs> keeps uh, you know uh, chasing its own tail. Uh huh. Anyway. Do you want to explain who Whitaker Chambers was? <laughs> The oh author of Witness. Yeah, I, 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 see, yeah, well, these kids don't know nothing about. They the don't. War. They don't. And I, heck, I'll tell you what really worried me. I mentioned I was uh, lending my copy of Bambi to a uh, to the praise and worship team's uh, leader's wife, and um, I mentioned to the to our 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 preacher, our pastor, that uh, Whitaker Chambers had done the uh, translation. And he said, I don't know who that is. And I didn't cry, but I came very close. The problem being, of course, that his PhD is in Greek and Hebrew, not in. (laughs) You know, but but wait a minute. You know, uh, uh, like all great men, Mm -hmm. uh, Whitaker Chambers lived in Carroll County, Maryland. That's right. Uh, and, And I'll tell you what. The pumpkin patch was across the street from a a 10-acre place with the federal uh, era farmhouse that Connie and I almost bought as Mm -hmm. our our, our, our house there. And we were, I was literally writing the earnest money check when I found out that the neighbor across the other street was putting in 10,000 hens and that was the end of that. Oh, that would definitely be the end but, of that. But, 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 but what was Whitaker Chambers famous for? Well, he was uh, famous for basically uh, providing what uh, did in Alger Hiss for mm-hmm. uh, being, being a communist spy. And, and for being and a, a commie traitor. And a perjurer. Now, and a perjurer. <laughs> per- perjury is a form of disinformation. Mm. And there was disinformation on the Twitters uh, this week, uh, it was uh, some, when someone uh, pointed out that U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen has said that inflation is declining and a sizable portion of Americans are optimistic about their personal circumstances. They I need gave, more Pinocchios. I, gave, I only gave, was able to give them five Pinocchios. On that. So, yeah. they're, 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 they're trying to do this Vulcan mind meld on the economy. The economy is great. It's the Jedi mind trick. Mind is trick. What I'm thinking of that. Well, the- Stacy, those aren't the androids you're looking for. You're looking for the yellow button. Ah, oh, okay. It's that time of the program where I tell you that if you will go to my 
Uh, uh, my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, any currency you got except Russian rubles. Uh, you can pay through the yellow donate button uh, to help support... Um, this podcast to help support the blog, but uh, most of all to make my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off of this endeavor and keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hoguash.com. You know, I don't have the traditional yellow button icon that uh, PayPal hands out to, to everybody. I made my <laughs> own icon of a tip jar. And if you click on that, you'll be taken to my PayPal account as if it were a yellow button. And you can do all the nice things about supporting the blog, supporting the podcast, or just supporting me, or just being nice and giving me money. I like that, too. <laughs> uh, or you can shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link down in the, uh, the uh, sidebar there. And it will take you off to the Hogwash store where you can find all sorts of things to buy that are somehow related to the blog. Or you can use the Amazon uh, shopping links that you'll find at Hogwash or at the other McCain as well. We both participate in the Amazon affiliates programs. When you click on a blogger's link to that, uh, that are in, involved in the program, we get a little cut of the action, you pay the same price, and it helps support the blogosphere, something good that Amazon does. Regardless of how you choose to uh, support us, Please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And that way you can help support us so that we won't have to default on our mortgages or whatever. And we won't become part of the huddled masses yearning to escape from someplace mm -hmm. like New York. Like New yeah, York. Huddled, <laughs> huddled masses update was my headline. Uh, uh, earlier this week, uh, featuring a, an image of the Statue of Liberty, as you know. the, the Which is uh, in New Jersey now. Uh, the New Colossus <laughs> is the New Colossus is the... Uh, um, a reference is, to the Colossus yeah. of yeah, Rhodes. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a poem by Emma Lazarus in which she said, your, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, send these to me, you know. No, and... Uh, and so somehow your storm rack tempest tossed. To right. Me. <laughs> Thank you for getting the 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 uh, words. Scansion. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, but the point is, is that uh, some people have taken the words of Emma Lazarus poem uh, <clears throat> to be the meaning of the Statue of Liberty. And they actually think that this is they will sometimes quote this huddled masses crap. Mm. As as uh, as if it were uh, part of the Constitution, but anyways, the question is why is this crisis costing New York billions? And uh, those of you who heard the podcast last week uh, <laughs> uh, heard me rant about this. And I'm mm -hmm. here's the um, uh, here's the story: New York City's surging migrant population is set to double. Migrant. By June 2024, meaning the city will be on the hook 
for 100,000 homeless immigrants as costs are estimated to rise to a mind-boggling high of $12 billion over the next three years. Del Rio, McAllen, Ingle Pass, and Brownsville were unavailable for comment. Mm -hmm. Yep. We are past our breaking point, Mayor Adams declared in a dire address at City Hall, playing, pleading with the feds and everyday New Yorkers to help mitigate the crisis. The, current, the city currently spends a nightly average of $383 per 25, uh, I'm sorry, 25,600 asylum seeker households. Uh, at, and for housing, food, and other services. Quote, with more than 57,300 individuals currently in our care on an average night, it amounts to $9.8 million a day, almost $300 million a month, and nearly $3.6 billion a year, the mayor Said. Aren't they glad they're there, sanctuary city? Yeah, yeah. That's right, right. And um, the, the whole thing is that what caused this crisis is that <laughs> Texner, Texas Governor uh, Greg Abbott decided to share uh, the blessing, the bounty, of, yeah, <laughs> the bounty of all these uh, asylum seekers, as they're called. Well, bus tickets are a whole lot less expensive than hotel rooms. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. And and so he's uh, shipping them out to places like New York. And with just a few thousand of these, and understand that over the past two years, hundreds of thousands of uh, mm -hmm. illegal aliens have uh, flooded into Mexico, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Southern California, all across the southwestern mm -hmm. border. It has been just a flood. Uh, of quote unquote asylum seekers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, right. Uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, perhaps some... like they were fleeing Hitler or some crap. Anyways, but uh, uh, where are all the I... death American death? Where are all the South American death squads that were operating in the eighties and supposedly were so dangerous? <laughs> exactly. Well, they're I all started, dead. <laughs> I, I started doing the math, uh, <laughs> and and. Uh, that they're they're spending a hundred and seventy one dollars per individual per day. Multiply that by three hundred sixty five days of the year, and this means New York City is spending sixty two thousand four hundred and twenty five dollars and eighty three cents per year. That's sixty two thousand dollars, roughly, mm -hmm. on each member of the surging migrant population. Quote yep. unquote. And and so, um, uh, you, you know, sixty two thousand dollars a year. And I just pointed out, and some of the uh, readers didn't get the uh, tongue in cheek uh, aspect <laughs> of it. But the point is, is that a, a, a family of four, a family of four, you know, mom, dad, and two kids uh, uh, of these migrants, uh, they, it's it's nearly a quarter million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. If they were in Alabama, <laughs> they'd be living like the Kardashians, you know? <laughs> so I'm just suggesting to 
Mayor Adams, that he just shipped these people out anywhere they want to go mm-hmm. and give them a subsidy uh, just to get out of New York. Yeah, well, that would be a wonderful thing. But you see that, that but then they wouldn't be in such a well-managed place as New York. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they could play pick a well-managed state like Illinois. Uh, <laughs> Well, gov- the governor of Illinois just signed a law banning firearms advertising that, quote, officials, unquote, believe what? appeals to children. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Now, the law also applies to ads aimed at militants or others who might use weapons illegally. And, but, and it allows lawsuits against firearms max- manufacturers and distributors. I, that's not going to stand. Well, speaking of advertising to kids, I was a Boy Scout. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, for a probably eight or ten years of my life, uh, as a young man, I got a copy of Boys Life magazine. Oh, I love Boys and, Life. Magazine. And there was there was a half page ad in the back of it, uh, p- part of the book after the cartoons, from Remington. Uh, mm-hmm. Every issue, and it had some kid doing something brave or outstanding or useful with his Remington 22. And mm-hmm. I have a picture uh, uh, of, of, of an ad from the early 60s in, in, in my blog post about this. Um, and, you know, it, a kid winds up shooting the, uh, the wolf or coyote or whatever it is that's mm-hmm. uh, eating the, the sheep in the area. Mm-hmm. And he, the ad there is oh. for what was the top of the line Remington uh, rifle at the time, a, a rifle called the Nylon 66, was actually a, an interesting piece of engineering. It was the first uh, all-polymer rifle, and it has a lot of other interesting uh, engineering bits about it. And there are over a million of them were made, and I still have mine. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it, well, and, but there was, you know, it's, 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 it has provided decades of pleasure just plinking at tin cans, and mm-hmm. it's put food on the table. But there was a time, and I'm old enough to have known it, when boys were trusted with firearms. Now, oh, my yeah. f- during the Depression in the Girls 30s. too? <laughs> it, well, yeah, but during the Depression <clears throat> in the 30s, uh, it was the, 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 uh, sh- the sheep that the family were keeping was important for food. And my, oh, yeah. fa- my father sat on the hill above the sheep with a Springfield <laughs> uh, shooting feral dogs for a couple of summers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've dispatched Bermans as a 20 with a 22 as a kid. So, you know, the times they are changing. Um, Sadly. And it's not just that in my life. Um, if you go back 50 years, 60 years. Uh, I was working in the radio business in Nashville in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And back then, there were only six effective new, daily news outlets whoa, whoa, whoa. It, 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 in the town. Um, there was an NBC outlet, uh, WSM AM and TV, and an ABC outlet, WSIX AM and TV, and two separately owned CBS stations. Uh, WLAC-TV was separate from WLAC-AM, where I worked. Uh, And you had the morning paper, the Tennessean, and there was an evening paper called the Banner. Um, And only one of them had a conservative point of view. That was the Banner. Uh, And then toward the end of my radio career in Nashville, we got an NPR station. Actually, one of the founding stations of NPR was WPLN. Uh, So there was certain left-wing dominance in the media that was particularly... 
uh, unique to Nashville. The banner wind up folding uh, as Nashville has become a bluer city. Uh, but it's been replaced in the last year or so by an online news organization called The Banner that says it's going to be politically agnostic and, and won't, yeah, even right. run, won't even run opinion pieces. So, uh, you know, the media thing's still lopsided back home. But, you know, there were some fairly interesting people who uh, I worked with uh, back then. Um, of course, I moved on from WLACAM to... Um, working at Goddard Space Flight Center. Oprah Winfrey, on the other hand, moved from WLAC-TV <laughs> to other things, and so did Pat Sajak from WSM-TV. Mm. And then you got Al Gore, who was with the Tennessean. Yes. Um, and I guess his high-water mark was being the vice president. But that's, uh, you know, thanks, thank, the times change, but some things kind of stay the same. Uh, we still have not exactly Stalinist, but we uh. got the same thing going on with things uh, being, going through the memory hole or airbrush or however you mm -hmm. want to look at it. Yeah, at the top of my blog right now is a headline is 21st century digital Stalinism, <clears throat> which I show one of the uh, infamous uh, airbrush jobs that the... The um, vanishes. Why is the dog barking? Ginger! Ginger. Just cuddle her. She'll be happy. No, she's Ginger on the other hush. side of the house. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm sorry about that interruption. But she has um, a really carrying bark. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but the airbrushing of uh, uh, mm. of the uh Yeshov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeshov is one of the but uh, Trotsky Malignant was little girl. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Trotsky was uh, uh, airbrushed out of pictures, mm -hmm. and this rewriting of history was was what inspired uh, George Orwell's mm -hmm. um, 1984. Yeah, the whole concept of the memory hole, which we don't actually physically need anymore. We have the bit mm -hmm. bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyways, and so uh, so this. Uh, Modus operandi is back uh, via the internet. Uh, the Media Research Center reports a new report revealed Wikipedia's permissive role in the concerted effort um, to protect President Joe Biden by blocking Americans from reading politically negative information tied to his embattled son. According to data entries, Reviewed by independent journalist Lee Fang, Wikipedia allowed special consultants hired by Hunter Biden mm -hmm. to manipulate the Hunter Biden page with stealth edits. Uh, Wikipedia uh, apparently stood by idly as entries tying Hunter to damning bribery scandals were edited without any fingerprints. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's just the way things look. look it's what we voted for, so we're going to get it good and hard. I guess. Uh, well, Can't but, say I like it much. Well, that's, you know, that's the reason why we are set up as a republic. So there are allegedly some barriers to the popular will, but... You know, it's our democracy. I'm not sure who ours are, but the our democracy crowd is the reason <laughs> why we can't have anything nice. Yes, Got democracy, that right. 
democracy ruins everything, which I illustrated, mm-hmm. by the way, with uh, Raphael's uh, School of Athens there, mm-hmm. uh, if you, uh, which you ought to get. Uh, but anyways, and I, <laughs> I, I led this off talking about my son, Jefferson, who's now in mm-hmm. law school, but at one point he was uh, considering uh, pursuing a PhD in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he was studying the Punic Wars, um, and and the book he was reading uh, was was called Hannibal mm-hmm. uh, by Theodore Averill Dodge, uh, oh. who was a, uh, a that's a good a, book. Yes, 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 and 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 so. But as he was talking to me, he, he mentioned just kind of in passing that at the time of the Punic Wars, about mm-hmm. half the population of the city of Rome mm-hmm. was slaves. Half oh, yeah. the population. Um, and, and, but we don't ever hear about this, right? Well, yeah. Um, at one point, uh, 90% of the population of the empire mm-hmm. were either slaves or indentured. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean yeah. you know uh, yes. that that that's just the that's just the economic system that existed mm-hmm. uh, two thousand mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, uh, but I talk uh, in 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 addressing uh, to set up the um, uh, my uh, in the setup. I was talking about the struggle between the populares, uh, the Democratic mm-hmm. Party in Roman politics. And mm-hmm. the optimates, uh, the aristocratic party, and if you know anything about the the crises that led to the uh, uh, assassination of Caesar, the subsequent mm. civil war, and uh, finally uh, Emperor Augustus Caesar, if you if you mm-hmm. know how that happened, uh, oh, yeah. you know that it was it was the mob and and the the desire of uh, the appeal to the mob mm-hmm. um that really undid the uh, Roman Republic. Friends, Romans, countrymen, countrymen lend me your ears. Me I your come ears. to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do live after him, the good is often turned with their bones, so let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus had told you that Caesar was ambitious. Never mind. Yeah, I <laughs> if it were true, it were a grievous fault, and grievously hath Caesar answered it. He was my friend, faithful just to be. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to be <laughs> reciting Shakespeare here, but the, but the, uh, but the. Well, you know that's an important part of that kind mm-hmm. of memorization is, is an mm-hmm. important part of a classical education. Yeah. Said the said the engineer. Yeah, but but my point of the whole thing is democracy uh, ruins everything, and the, mm-hmm. the part of the problem with democracy is that uh, everybody has their in their own mind what it means. Uh, leading uh, Orwell uh, to observe, and again we cite Orwell quote: "In the case of a word like democracy, uh. not only is there no agreed definition, but the attempt to make one is resisted from." all sides. Mm-hmm. It is almost universally felt that when we call a country democratic, we <laughs> are praising it. Um, consist- consequently, the defenders of every kind of regime claim that it is a democracy and fear that they may have to stop using the word if it were tied down to any one meaning. <laughs> By the way, Hitler was democratically elected. Yes, mm, yes. Sort of. and, and, and the, it's a parliamentary system. Come on, there he but, he wasn't actually in control of a majority. 
All of these thoughts were spurred by something that our friend uh, Glenn Reynolds at Instapundit mm -hmm. uh, linked, a uh, Substack uh, columnist, an anonymous uh, Substacker, uh, mm -hmm. discussing um, the problem of, of education and how, you know, you know parents or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, how to educate uh in the face of this uh, regime, this system. And uh, I, I uh, you know, I point out that no one would, who knows me, would ever raise the uh, question of what's wrong with American education because <laughs> I can go all night on the subject. But um, uh, the, the fact is, is that uh, we used to have very little, quote unquote, education in this country in the sense of people going to school okay they went to school for a lot fewer years if mm -hmm. they went at all well i mean education even into the uh the 30s was a luxury uh a luxury thing yes yeah yeah and i i, I talked mean, about my wife's grandfather yeah. rex james who um as a boy his father died and he had to go to work and he worked to ra to raise his brothers and sisters, and uh, you know, and and that was that. I mean, it may not have been uh, routine, but it was common enough that no one thought twice about it. Well, my my grandfather, uh, <laughs> Mose Barker, my mother's father, had an eighth grade education, and it was considered a fully educated person, mm -hmm. and actually was better educated than a lot of. Uh, high school graduates we have now yeah oh well, lord don't uh, get me I, started when i visited my mother-in-law's home uh years ago uh not long after i uh married Lumia, and you know i noticed these shelves of, of books mm -hmm. uh, that they had and i and i was looking at some of them and they were uh sort of student texts right these little mm -hmm. that that correspondence schools what used to be called correspondence school and i asked her mm -hmm. about that and she said well daddy had used to take that these were from daddy's and he had all kinds of books on all mm -hmm. kinds of subjects that he was taking correspondence courses in mm -hmm. and so uh, the idea, you know, people used to be autodidactic that way yes. and to teach themselves, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, subjects, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's much better I do than the same what's, thing. <laughs> what's going on in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah never mind. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, let's not bring up Baltimore. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have this whole thing. I mean, the education system is just uh. part of it. We have developed a bureaucracy not only in education but in all <sighs> other forms of interfering with our lives and oh, I, yeah. I, I, and and we're not getting the best people into it all the time i had a no. uh, i had a, a post up uh, uh, that was headlined uh, from a, a latin's saying uh he custodiat epsos custodius which yep. means who's watching the watchman mm -hmm. uh and it's uh, from a uh, uh, writings of someone I read in high school called Juvenile. But uh, the New York Times reports that a senior FBI official responsible for part of the Russian collusion hoax investigation mm -hmm. has pleaded guilty to colluding with Russians. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, He's the, the highest ranking 
F, one of the highest ranking FBI officers ever uh, criminally charged. I think he's and, the he I think is the highest. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and he has also got a sweetheart deal. Yes. The, oh, really? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But the former head of counterintelligence for the FBI in New York City, right? Someplace where the UN is, where there might be some intelligence, counterintelligence work needed. Anyway, he pleaded guilty in federal court on Tuesday to a single charge yep. uh, uh, of uh, conspiring to violate U.S. sanctions and laundering payments for a Russian oligarch. Mm. That Charles McGonagall, uh, you know, was in one of the most sensitive and trusted positions we had in the FBI mm -hmm. and um, he's uh, you know now at least going to do some time for it but yeah. yeah on the other hand you didn't hear about that in a lot no, of places of not. and uh, because, like, because for instance CNN yeah they're CNN uh, they were having their orgasm over um, the fourth indictment of Donald Trump. Trump. But I did mention <gasps> CNN. Yes, I'm waiting did. for the sound cue. Oh, you want that, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, okay. Well, then we'll just Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. <laughs> be there. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Be there on the double. Whenever there's a problem. Round Adventure Bay. Ryder and his team of pups. Come and save the day. Marshall, okay. Bubble, Chase, Rocky, Zuma, Sky. Yeah, they're on the way. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, we'll be there on the double. No job's too big, no pups too small. Paw Patrol, we're on a roll. So here we go. Paw Patrol, uh-oh. Paw Patrol, uh-oh. Paw Patrol. Yes. And the They're reason we movie. play the Paw Patrol theme whenever we mention CNN is because mm -hmm. CNN's ratings are so low that they frequently finish behind reruns of Paw Patrol on the Nickelodeon uh, uh, kitty Nick cartoon. At, I think it's channel. Nick at Night, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how bad uh, the ratings are at CNN. Meanwhile, uh, CNN's endless indictment orgasm. Hello? Oh. Okay. Uh, anyways. <laughs> More distractions. Huh? My office TV was turned to um, uh, CNN uh, on, uh, I guess that was Monday, and I got to hear more or less endless reporting <sighs> about the Fulton County, Georgia indictment of Trump. <sighs> this is all Banana Republic stuff, a circus performance. I used to shop at Banana Republic when they were a decent store. A basically. circus performance mm. to excite Democrats and distract the public from Biden's scandals mm. and general incompetence. But, oh, yep. how the CNN anchors stroke themselves into paroxysms of orgasmic bliss. Uh, they've invented a new genre, indictment <laughs> porn, with Fonnie Willis as the new superstore performer. Sure, they got some thrills out of the New York indictment. Why is it with fat broads about Georgia? I mean, I, I really remember, don't know. I mean, I, 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 50, 60 years ago when I would go down there for college stuff, I mean, they were the Georgia peaches were worth looking at. What What is this? I, well, I got nothing. Well, they, I guess if you go into public service, you have to eat to distract yourself from the horror. I don't know.
Well, they can't sell pancake batter anymore, so I mm-hmm. guess they have to indict the president. Meanwhile, <laughs> what did I just say? Oh I don't God, know, but that. it was weird. Yes, but That's, uh, uh, yeah, what you're, uh, yeah, that pr- product you're thinking of actually comes from Chicago. Okay, sure. Uh, they got some thrills out of the New York indictment and then the two indictments from Jack Smith, but this indictment, with a black woman prosecuting the hated Trump, finally pushed them over the edge. Well, also it's local news for CNN. <laughs> yes, right, right. I've got the, I got the uh, CNN analyst uh, Stephen Collins, oh, good Lord. who I must point out is not American. He's from um, England, where he attended some posh private school. Anyways, but. Um, uh, but the, well, some Americans do too. But he piled piled this damn thing up with uh, with lots of um, tendentious adjectives. Uh, yeah. Uh, the astonishing aspect of his fourth criminal indictment. Blah 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 blah. The multi layered conspiracy to steal Georgia's electoral votes. Trump. The accused kingpin in the scheme to overturn Joe Biden's victory. It goes on uh, and on about the grave political crisis in the critical swing state of Georgia and Trump's extreme legal quagmire. So it, it goes on. And I'm like, I like, look at those adjectives, man. Go take a shower, you sick freak. You know, if you take, if you, it, once again, we've got a haiku. If you take out everything that isn't the protected by the First Amendment, I'm there's no sure multi layered conspiracy here. I this don't think there's ridiculous. even 13 syllables. You're, I think you're right. <laughs> or 14 um, words for that matter. Oh, there uh, I go oh again Lord. with the thought crime. Uh, anyway, look, uh, on the other hand, you know, mm. you, this, everything's coming apart. Uh-huh. Uh, no, hold it. When, when I got, uh, you know, a job as vice president of engineering at a company in California, we moved from Nashville mm-hmm. to uh, actually first to Ventura County and then mm-hmm. Orange County. And one of the really nice places we discovered, because they were still just a, 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 a pseudo local chain on the, the West Coast, and they were just opening stores in Southern California, mm-hmm. was Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. And first of all, they had wonderful food service. Uh, mm-hmm. And I drank a whole lot of, of their 25 cent cups of coffee. Uh, oh, yeah. Particularly when my wife was then working at Williams Sonoma, which was just down South Coast Plaza <laughs> Mall from Nordstrom. And so I'd be waiting for her to get off work and that sort of stuff. But anyway, uh, I don't think I would want to go to a Nordstrom, uh, any place in Southern California or anymore. Or Northern it, California. But anywhere. <laughs> I, but, you know, it, it, it just strikes me as not a safe thing to do. Stacy, it's getting to the point now where crazy states are dangerous. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes. The uh, headline on my post earlier this week, looting Nordstrom. And other recent news from Zimbabwe, USA. You know, I yep. uh, several years ago during the, uh, uh, was it the Gray Davis years or with Jerry Brown? I forget what it was like. But I, I, I began likening the People's Republic of California 
to Robert Mugabe's kleptocratic regime in Zimbabwe, which mm-hmm. which was dangerous. You could wind up with Zimbabwe uh, having a case for uh, defamation. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> to compare him to California, indeed. Uh, every every time I bring up California on this program, I have mm-hmm. I've, I've got two California exiles. Uh, oh here. yeah. Uh, that want to tell you a story, but uh, oh, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, a shocking video over the weekend captured a mob-style smash-and-grab robbery at a mall in Topanga, <laughs> and police are now searching for up to 30 suspects involved. Police- Geography uh, lesson, uh, Topanga is uh, the in the Western part of what you would think of as the San Fernando Valley. It's kind mm-hmm. of a little side niche off to the South. Yeah. Okay. On the other side of the Canyon. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, police said it happened around 4 15 PM Saturday mm-hmm. at the Nordstrom store inside Westfield Topanga mall video shared by an Instagram user shows the large group of suspects probably not Trump voters, smashing display cases, grabbing merchandise, and running out the door. Between Mm -hmm. 20 and 30 suspects were involved, and they all fled the scene in several vehicles, including a BMW, a Lexus, and a Honda. Mm -hmm. Uh, Investigators said the group stole between uh, $60,000 and $100,000 worth uh, of merchandise. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, uh, Los Angeles mayor, uh, Karen Bass, <sighs> issued the following statement Saturday yeah, right. evening. Quote, what happened today at the Nordstrom in the Topanga Mall is absolutely unacceptable. Those who <laughs> committed these acts and acts like it in neighboring areas must be held accountable. Yeah, sure. The Los Angeles Police Department will continue to work to not only find those responsible for this incident, but to prevent these attacks on retailers from happening in the future. Without, of course, doing anything but giving them a ticket. (laughs) You know, folks, if you know anything about what Topanga Canyon used to be like. Ski Topanga. Thirty or forty years ago, this was one of the nicest places on the in the whole country. Well, it was it was affluent. One of, it was well, always always smoggy. All right, round, well, well, well. The the boogie woogie piano is playing in the background, which informs me that uh, we are approaching uh, the end of the other podcast. So, but yes, it's it's terrible what they have done to California. And then, mm-hmm. now they're trying to Californicate the whole country. Don't yeah. let them. Yeah, yeah. Where are we going to run to? Where, where are we going to go? Right? When the whole country says effed up as California. I don't know. We're in Maryland. It's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. We're, Baltimore is not that far away. Meanwhile, folks, uh, we will be back next week, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, as usual for another episode of the other podcast. Thank you for joining us, Diana. You're so welcome. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacy. Good night. Good night, folks. We'll see ya.